Astilla is a big nation. And while much of the empire busies itself with the Agravarian uprising, far to the southeast in the capital city of Altair, they are facing a much more daunting challenge. A lackluster historical museum. Or at least lackluster in the scope of the Empresar's reign. Built atop the oldest cobblestone of Astilla, some say that the Altair Museum of Antiquities is itself as much a piece of history as the many relics of art and science held within its crumbling walls. But crumbling walls they are no more, because the Empire has stepped in. With renovations done, the new museum has brought quite a bit of attention. Some good, some bad, and some, well... You'll have to see. This is Blight at the Museum. Everybody and welcome to Unbalanced Encounters. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. We did it. We did it, guys. Where's Patrick? We kicked him out. No Patrick's allowed. It's me, Cinder, the Dungeon Master, and some intrepid players. We've got Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello, Craig or Cinder. We've got Emily. <laughs> Hi. And we are visited today by a very special guest, longtime friend of the show, a excellent podcaster and sharer of fun stories and strange tales and grimoires, Tyler Clausen. That's me, Tyler Clausen. <laughs> I don't I was thinking so long about what I was gonna say when you actually said my name. And that's what came out. Didn't plan it. I mean it was it was it was accurate. I'm excited to be here. I'm, uh, I, this is not, I'm not joking, a dream come true for me to be invited to come play D&D with internet friends on an internet show and um, make funny voices. For many years, the museum was under the care of a Victoria Lazaroth, a well-known scholar and anthropologist who cared deeply about preserving history, but knew little about navigating the politics of a totalitarian government. Not too long ago, the museum was visited by none other than High Scepter himself, and they found the museum wanting. Altair is the capital city. Surely its Museum of Antiquities should better represent the pride of the Empire. And so, Victoria was removed from her position with neither pomp nor circumstance replaced with someone who shared more in common with the Empire's vision, or at least was a bit more malleable. An old wet boot of a man, a hackneyed historian of the occult who didn't mind a few adjustments to the museum's offerings and presentation, so long as he could oversee curation of the new wing. Professor Hubert 
Goloman. With Goloman as the new director, the museum has been a shuffling ballet of construction teams, shipping crates, and soldiers. Most of the museum has been closed off, not just to the public, employees too. They've been extradited to their workspaces and the administrative offices. Best not to have them get in the way of progress too much, you know? And everyone is quite excited. Well, not everyone. For you see, hidden away in the dusty corner of the biological preservation workshop, one scientist in particular is quite frustrated. And their name is Perrin MacArthur. Emily, can you please tell us a little bit about your character? So, um, Perrin is a, uh, a scientist of uh, some regard, and they, they like to keep to themselves down in the, in the archives, in their workshop, you know. Uh, they prefer to be left on their own, and they can you know, clean up the, the exhibitions and the exhibits and get the, get the animal bodies ready for, 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 for preservation and, uh, you know, for maybe they can go on display, that'd be nice, but usually they just get catalogued away. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's mainly my job. People tend to stay away because it smells a bit strange down here. But, um, you know, it's just me, and uh, I suppose uh, if anyone was to notice I was around, I'd look kind of pale, short, black hair, kind of scruffy. Oh, my elf ears as well, that's kind of uh, a bit obvious sometimes. You've been sitting in your office for some time trying to get to work, but your mind keeps coming back to a letter. A letter from your old boss. The old director of the museum. Tomorrow night is the opening gala of the new wing of the museum. And the marker of the change of regime at the museum, the shift from the old to the new, from the dusty to the powerful. Mm-hmm. But this letter you got, your old boss, Victoria Lazaroth, wants you to help ruin this event. And she isn't really asking so much as telling you what will happen. And what she has told you is that a thief, one that is not unknown to the museum, for they have actually broken in here several times, <laughs> will be coming to the gala. And she is asking you, she is begging you to help them, to help them steal one of the crown relics of this new exhibit, the Scepter of the Fallen. She wants you to help turn what is left of this place into a mockery of the Empire. And as that is twisting through your head, you hear a little knock at the door of your office. Oh, uh, um, <coughs> stuff the envelope back in uh, a pocket quickly and sort of shuffle over to the door. Uh, hello? Oh, hello there! Hello there, Professor uh, MacArthur! I didn't mean to trouble you. I was just doing my evening shift. And it's Gary, the night watchman. Oh, Gary. Oh, wonderful. How's it going this eve? Uh, you know, just uh, 
trying to make the place, um, less, uh, uh, you know, getting ready for the gala tomorrow, you know, uh, I'm excited, are you excited? I think it's going to be, uh, uh, fun. Well, that's, um, that's sort of what I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I'm afraid they gave me the boot. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, Gary, about that. Uh, why? Uh, I mean, uh, awful. Uh, they shouldn't have been booting you. You're very, very good at your job. Well, you know how it goes, new people. They, they were saying I'm taking too long to do my patrols and that, uh, well, you know, I'm not quite as spry as I used to be. I think they're looking for, you know, something flashy. But tomorrow night's uh, my last night. But they're just having me watch the archives, so I'll be in the basement. I won't even be at the event. I just wanted to say it's, uh, well, I, I've always really enjoyed your company. Um, and if I don't see you tomorrow, I imagine you're going to be pretty busy, you know, showing people around. I just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to say, uh, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Oh, that, 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 that's very thoughtful of you, uh, Gary. Um, uh, hang on, uh, uh, one second. Let me give you a goodbye present. Uh, let me just, um... Oh, a goodbye present. It's shuffle over <laughs> to their desk and they're looking around and they're rummaging through some drawers and throwing paper and things. And they they pull out a wooden box with like a glass glass top, glass lid. And they uh, hand it to, to Gary. I know, I know you've always liked uh, lizards and things, you know, geckos and stuff. I thought this, this could be for you. Yeah. And then inside is just like the skeleton. Of of a of a gecko on a cushion. Uh, that's, uh, I've always liked this this one. Is it very good? Well, this is the kind. This is a kind thing. I appreciate that. Um, and you see him like reach he reach into his like side satchel, and pull out a piece of wax paper, and unwrap it and leave a little like a honey roll for you on the table. The wife made extra, so I figured you know in case you're hungry. Oh, that's oh, that's lovely. Uh, the beans could use a treat. That's really lovely. Uh, thank you. Oh, could I feed them? Oh, oh, as it as it's your last day, I'll, I'll let you feed them. <laughs> uh, it's gonna <laughs> they're gonna the open beans? the beans. On their belt is a big leather sort of uh, pouch that's sort of writhing and moving around and a bit strange. Just, uh, there we go, I'll loosen it up and open up the, the little pouch and you hear kind of noises coming from inside. Uh, feel free, uh, drop them in, you can, you can drop it in. The pouch suddenly frenzies a little bit. Like... We leave this derelict corner of the old museum, one of the last parts of this building untouched by this new regime. And pull back a little bit. Big cities have big underbellies. Mm-hmm. And big underbellies have big stories. You just gotta know where to look. And while most of the big papers and journalists out there are talking about all the new tourism that the museum will bring, <laughs> the real reporters have a different question that they're asking. And that question is... Where's the intrigue? Where's the drama? Where's the meat of this tale? That kind of question might drive a man mad unless he gets a good tip. And one journalist in particular got a very good tip. Dwight 
Heart Taker. Can you describe yourself for us, please? Uh, absolutely. Dwight Heart Taker's uh, strolling down the road. A medium-sized figure, maybe standing around uh, 5'10". He is in a pristine yet uh, melancholic, nothing that'll, you know, distract the eyes too much, cloak of sorts. His horns protrude from his skull ever so slightly. He doesn't like to show off too much, uh, get everyone too interested in himself and not telling them about the big scoop. And he enjoys wearing a pair of sort of uh, circular bifocals that kind of cover most of his face. So it's mostly just horns, glasses, and that kind of distracts everyone from all the random questions he's asking about very personal information. He is a tiefling uh, individual who is just looking for the big story at this uh, museum that's gone over uh, new management. Not too many nights ago, Dwight Harttaker, you found yourself lost in thought when a strange character made themselves known to you. A character with a scoop that at the Grand Gala opening, there will be a thievery. And all you have to do to be at ground zero for the biggest publicity debacle in Ostilla since the Agravarian Uprising is just follow the thief. That thief? A character of little renown? skilled at their trade, but always more of a take-the-money-and-run type person than someone trying to make a big scene. A thief by the name of Flanagan Harlock. Tyler, would you describe your character for us, please? Flanagan Harlock is... He's lived his life uh, on the streets, and... um, it shows he's got some scars from um, some failed attempts at, at securing some funds. He wears his hair back in a in a short ponytail, kind of like a man bun situation, um, because his favorite thing to do is just let his sandy blonde locks down in an attempt to, um, you know, romance a lady or two. Um, and it works. I mean, it, it usually works. So um, at least that's what he says. And uh, yeah, tonight he he knows <clears throat> he knows what he's got to do. For some time now, Flanagan, you have gone to the museum. Mm-hmm. You like it. It's nice there. It's peaceful. There's not a lot of people there. There's a lot of shadows. Especially when you go at night. It's also free. Mm-hmm. You have broken into the Museum of Antiquity so many times that many of the staff, or at least many of the old staff, knew you by name. Yeah. You never stole anything. You just liked exploring the museum, particularly the section on ancient beasts. Mm-hmm. In fact, Gary got in the habit of bringing extra honey rolls just in case he spotted you on patrol. Yeah, Gary's a great guy, you know? He and I, we'd talk about a lot of stuff. So it was quite serendipitous 
When this elf you've been attempting to woo for some time, mm. a tall, dignified figure who walked with a respect that felt earned, mm -hmm. revealed herself to you to be none other than the ex-director of the museum itself. Yeah, I mean, she was already pretty hot, right? I mean, elf lady comes walking out to me. She starts talking about how she was in charge of the museum, and I'm like, no way. That's like one of my favorite places to break it. Um, go check out. She puts her hand on yours when you say that. I know who you are. Oh. I don't. I don't mean to upset you, Flanagan, but I knew who you were the second you walked into that tavern the first time. In fact, I had intended to ask you for help a while ago, but I must admit it has been fun spending time with you. Yeah, uh, it's it's been the best. Um, I, I'm really sorry it took you so long to ask for help. What What's going on? Tomorrow night, the museum is officially changing over into the Imperial Heritage Museum. Right. And they are having a rather big event, a exhibit, Relics of the Old Empire. Well, I was hoping you could help me ruin it. <laughs> you want you want me to help you ruin the opening at the museum? That's that could be kind of fun. This new regime, they are doing away with any actual history. It's turning into a, a machine of propaganda for the Empire. I don't want to see my life's work mutilated this way. So if it's going to go down, I want it to go down on my terms. I got to say, that fire in your eyes, Vicky, that is... Oh, that is... I mean, honestly, that's why I'm still sitting here. Damn. I have informed one of the only people left at the museum that I trust that you are coming. The head of the natural sciences exhibit, Professor Perrin MacArthur. I know him. They, they know to expect you. MacArthur. Oh, help Mac MacArthur. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of course. I just kind of figured like this was going to be like a like a date sort of thing at the museum that we'd be doing this together. And now I have to go hang out with some stuffy professor. This is me asking a favor. I mean, I'll do it. Obviously I'm, I'm going to do it. Obviously. I'm just saying like, I'd like, I'd like, I don't know, a little, um, clarification on, um, where this is going to go. If, if I'm able to get this done for you, I like you quite a bit Flanagan but I don't want this to be an exchange for a relationship well that I you know what Vicky I'm not I'm not so used to that I'm, most of the time when the ladies come around they're they are they're looking for give and take and uh so I apologize if I if I uh, seem a little forward on that end but I, you know what let's do it let's let's go uh mess with the empire a little bit have a little bit of fun you know right she smiles a little bit this is why i like you and she gives you a little peck on the cheek slams her hand on the table and says meet me here when you're finished tomorrow night 
I watch her walk the entire way out. <laughs> we flash forward. Tonight, friends, tonight is the night, the special night. Tonight, we say goodbye to the Altair Museum of Antiquities. Papa to you. And we say hello to the Imperial Heritage Museum. It can be a shining star upon the Empire. With a grand gala and opening of the new exhibit, the Relics of the Old Empire, a collection of might and righteousness. The attendees of this gala are some of the most prominent and noteworthy figures in all of Altair. Nay, the kingdom! <laughs> Guildmasters, gladiators, noblemen, a veritable who's who of the upper crust of society. And as the attendees start filing in, the three of you begin to play your part. MacArthur, you sit in your office for about as long as you can before you have to go to the gala. (laughs) (laughs) Thumbing the note back and forth in your hands until the paper is weathered so thin it starts to feel like cloth. Why did did she have to pick me? uh, This really isn't my kind of thing, really. Oh, okay, okay. Come on, Perrin. You can do it. <laughs> and the little the little pouch on uh, on their hip is kind of yes, yes, yes. All right, beans. Let's let's go. They think they're kind of puffing their chest out and sort of looking very um like they're meant to be there, you know. And they just look very awkward <laughs> to anyone who might be paying any kind of attention. As you step out of the administrative wing, like into the opening section of the museum, it's this massive ballroom-looking space, uh, a huge old chandelier. This room has not actually been that changed in your time. It was always very grand and regal. It has just sort of been done up. But what is noticeably different is the soldiers at every entrance, every exit, all buttoned up to the neck, very, very straight-laced. You see several notable military uh, officials walking through, the captain of the local guard, as well as some sergeants and other noteworthy people. It is a night of (laughs) hoity-toitiness, and waiters go by with drinks and things, and you feel immediately underdressed and very... Uh, alien. Oh, yes. Uh, I think they're kind of uh, looking down at their own robes um, and sort of dusting off some, some, you know, some bone dust or whatever is accumulated uh, on their sort of academia sort of uh, dress. And you know how (laughs) when you're going through an airport and you see lots of like security and suddenly you're getting really paranoid about the paracetamol that you've got in your bag and some, they might think it's like some kind of pills or something. All the time. Um, Every all the time, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're now just sort of look, looking calm and, um, you know, just uh, trying very hard to look cool and in the process looking not so. Um, and trying to wave a, um, a waiter for a canapé or a... Uh, 
drink and they just walk straight past them. <sighs> uh, 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 okay. Um, uh, uh, get a guy, get a guy. No. Okay. Um, you work here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside of the museum, uh, a line of attendees await, trying to get in, hoping to get a chance to see, if not the objects of the museum, just the people that are attending this thing. Of the many people in line, Dwight Harttaker, you stand anxiously. Seeing a separate line for people with press passes and the local gazettes and more reputable journalists of the area of the city. But then you spot something else. In the shadows, off to the corner, almost waiting in an alleyway, you see a figure. And it's strange, it is dark. And they are too far away for you to recognize them. But something inside you twists for a second in a strange way. The world around your eyes goes dark for a second. And a singular beam of light shines down like a spotlight in your mind. On the figure of Flanagan Harlock. That is the thief. That is the person that you are supposed to follow. That is the key to your story. And you see them hiding inexplicably well, but somehow something drives you to spot them. Something cold and old. And you see them clear as day across the courtyard. Guess we can start the, uh, the introductions of this wonderful tale. Uh, and just calmly and nonchalantly just starts walking in the direction that he sees Flanagan. Flanagan, why don't you give us the first roll of the night? Yay! Why don't you give me a uh, perception check? That's 12. 12. You notice immediately that the guards here are not the guards that you know. They are not the guards that you've seen many times before. As you circle the building, trying to figure out which entrances, which of your old entrances make sense to use, you notice a patrol going along the terraced roof of the museum. There has never been a patrol on the roof before. That's my favorite one. You notice that the old wing of historical artifacts with its grand windows, those windows have been curtained closed and it looks like some sort of structural barriers have been placed on them on the outside almost barring them from being opened the building is still the building but it seems like some fortifications and adjustments to security have certainly been made since last you've been here and as you're taking all of these notes and figuring out what the right entry might be you notice a tiefling, maybe 15 feet away from you, walking <laughs> towards you, waving. Just waving. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, um, uh, who, who, who are you? <laughs> oh, how's it going? Uh, the name is uh, Dwight Harttaker. 
Uh, some people might be heartbreaker, but you know how it is. Uh, do you, uh, so are you, you seem to be like real roguish in, in trying to be very stealthy over here. And I was just uh, wondering, are, are you planning on going through the roof? Look, man, I can do this alone. And uh, to be honest, I don't really want to split the spoils. So let's just, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'm, I'm figuring it out. I know this place well enough. I think I know, I mean, the terrace is... It's it's overtaken. And they barred up these windows. Who bars up windows? Barred up windows. Okay. Well, seeing as how, you know, new management, maybe they just want to make sure that everybody's going in the right direction and not seeing any, oh, there must be things they're hiding. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. You think they're hiding things in there? I mean, it's a museum. They're supposed to put them on display, right? That's what they do at museums. Well, I'm assuming you've done this once or twice, and the more something's covered up the more they're trying to you know make sure nobody sees it that's true every time it's been a little more difficult to get into a place it seems like the bounty's better I, how, how much of a professional at this are you good, good sir i mean i just kind of do it as need be I, I i wouldn't say i'm professional i just say i, I get what done what needs to be done but uh done what <clears throat> needs to be Okay, Flanagan. Oh, oh, are you no. writing this down? Hold on. Wait, hold on. Are you writing mm-hmm. this down? Oh, yeah, you know, just that's part of the, the gig. Uh, what's your name again? Uh, you can call me Mr. Favor. <laughs> Mr. Favor. <laughs> Stealth extraordinaire. I love it so much. Knows his way around locked things. A woman. Wait, uh, yes. Uh, a yep, wo- woman? Yes. You, wanna, you want that in there? But knows his way around a lock like he does a woman if we're gonna have to stop and let you write down everything we might be missing some opportunities here i write you do the thing that's that's but i'm telling you what to write you need to make sure you write the right stuff oh absolutely i'm gonna write everything you say yes wait everything absolutely i'm writing it right now (laughs) are you like maintaining eye contact while you Uh write that's impressive Flanagan seemed to think that I just put whatever he thought was cool in my memoirs. However, what he doesn't know is <laughs> I put the truth down. And the truth is, this guy is very, very interesting. As you guys are having this conversation, you see a very regal looking wagon pull up and four very, very well-armored guards, maybe even wardens, exit out of the wagon, and you see two figures step out. And as they step from the wagon, these wardens basically push the crowd out of the way to walk them in. Instinctually, I, I'm going to pull uh, Heartaker back and um, no! in, into the shadows, like, whoa, we're going to watch this. They walk to the front where there is a a list and you can see them having an exchange with the soldier that is looking at who's invited and who's not. And then you watch them step aside and let in the two figures and two of their warden guards. The other two go back to the... And there is a line of people trying to get in the front entrance and there's one person who is uh, checking names on the list. Yes, and after this situation where he just lets this couple through, that line of people starts to get a little aggressive. These are people that are 
used to being the folks that don't wait in line. So the fact that they are now seeing someone else push past them. The audacity. There's a lot of wealthy outrage that you see. And the line of people is starting to become more of a clump. And you can see that the guard that's taking notes is having a hard time. And there are other guards that are kind of just trying to, like, keep people back a little bit. Am I seeing my opportunity to, to sneak in the front door? There is some chaos happening now that one could take advantage of. Okay. Especially with the cowardice. <laughs> yes. My entitlement. Oh, no. If both of you, either of you want to take this opportunity to try to sneak in, you can. I want you to just describe what you want to do, then base it off of either a skill check or if you want to use a resourced ability or spell or something to intertwine into that. I mean, I'm a sneaky guy, so I'm just going to try and stealth in there. I'll get close by getting to the, uh, the crowd. And then I'll kind of like go around the guards a little in a, in some Assassin's Creed style, like just kind of moving through the crowd and up and into the door and make my way in. Uh, I would like to do the complete opposite. <laughs> and Good start. Good start. I would like to cast Thaumaturgy from the other direction that we are standing at. Oh. And just in a different voice. It's probably more of a... Uh, feminine voice and oh my word is that the high scepter and then as that's happening use that as a distraction to and hopefully like a deception check to like slowly walk our way in yeah could you give me a deception check absolutely question dm would this be under my use of the actor feet and i would say yes oh excellent okay so this is an advantage and i got a five and a four so that's an 11 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Flanagan, give me your stealth check. Five plus eight. <laughs> Let's go five, boys. <laughs> the DC to get in in this situation was 13. Oh, yeah. Flanagan, you shift your way through the crowd. And you see an opening. You duck between two people and slide past a guard just as the door shuts behind a couple patrons that are let in. Dwight. Yes. <laughs> you find yourself about three quarters of the way through the crowd when you feel a hand put on your shoulder. You turn and you see a rather frustrated and maybe drunk looking attendee being like, hey, line's back there, buddy. Uh, he, he grabs his, his press pass, uh, you know, uh, making sure that uh, the story of the uh, Empire's new museum is in a top tip shape. And uh, it's a pristine article. And I can't do that. Stuck in a line back there. You, you know how it is. <laughs> He's sweating. Is this a deception <laughs> or a persuasion? I mean, he does have his press pass that... Uh, yeah, so let's do a persuasion. Do a persuasion. 17. You see him kind of look you over for a second, and the guard with the clipboard, who still looks a little dazed, like it almost looks like he got hit in the head, and he's, you say press, you guys are supposed to be, ugh, that's the line for press. Just come through, come through, come through. That's understandable. Busy night for you. I, I'll just make my, get out your way. Yeah, and you just quickly just, you know that fast walk you do when you know you need to leave the air? <laughs> and you... Make your way in to the gala event. 
there is a four-piece band playing dinner party music there are waiters walking around dressed to the tees with trays of ornate little pastries and strange eggs on crackers tall uh champagne glasses and you see the who's who of astilla and the neighboring areas there is a lot of power in this room you see several heads of guilds you see several heads of noble families as well as just based on like the dress alone of the people here there is uh, just just a, this is this is nice fancy folk perrin you've been keeping a keen eye you don't want to be here you wouldn't be here if your old boss and old friend didn't ask you to help them so mostly you're just looking for this thief. You're just looking for old Flanagan, who you probably have encountered before. And as some chaos erupts in the front, you spot him diving under a guard, sliding and standing up as if he was totally supposed to be there immediately. And behind him scuffling in, <laughs> you spot a tiefling in wide spectacle glasses. You also have some familiarity with at least from their writing as dwight Harttaker. yeah he's just snatching hors d'oeuvres as they walk by <laughs> he has at least like five in his hand right now just... perrin incredibly jealous that they have not yet managed to get any of those snacks i think perrin is gonna sidle up to the to the <laughs> To the two of them, literally, like from across the room, just sidestepping, like <laughs> <laughs> literally a wallflower. You refuse to yes. character. <laughs> We're at a middle school dance right now, and they are not okay. <laughs> Something wrong with your throat? You okay over there? Oh, Perrin, how do you do? Uh, hello, uh, uh, Flat. Uh, uh, we uh, can I call you that here? Uh, do we? Yes. Or do we have code names? It's fine. Nobody knows who who I am, Perrin. I'm. Oh, oh, it's it, it's right here. It's uh, Mister Flavor. No, yes, yes. Uh, also, <laughs> you should probably put Mr. on your oh, high end okay. accent so that nobody gets suspicious of you. Uh, me? Uh, no, no. They all know who you are, but. Hot taker, you, if you're going to be here, seem appropriate. The press is always appropriate as he just tosses another derb in his mouth. You guys are no fun. Seriously, you're no fun. <laughs> Across the galley, you just hear someone yell, I do declare. <laughs> you like that guy? You think he talks like that all the time? No. Okay, okay. I'll, th I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in it. Ha <laughs> ha. Indubitably. <laughs> Um, uh, I I suppose uh, you're all here to um, uh, steal, scale the scepter, nay? Yeah, the scepter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm here on behalf of Vicky. And um, is there somewhere um more private we can talk about this? You know, like not in the open around all the guards and high society. Good idea. Come, come, come with me. I'll uh take you down to my office. Okay. Yeah. You guys make your way across the floor of the gala, passing the elite of society. You turn a corner to the hall that leads to the back offices. It also leads to the 
basement, whereas how you get to like the archives or to uh, the old catacombs. But before it was just the, the gate, the, the door to the administrative offices, you see two guards standing by, arms folded, kind of talking back and forth. These very ornate looking pikes, which are like much too big to be used inside realistically. So, uh, well, we're going to see some uh, old stuff tonight. Uh, is this, uh, is this what the job is now? We're looking at old stuff. And then the other one like hits him on the shoulder. Hey, this old stuff is history. This is important. We're not just going out and about smashing stuff. We're preserving real history now. I heard half this stuff just got moved in. Can we just stop playing and just listen to these guys forever? I, I want this one shot to just be about those two guys. I feel like, I feel like those, yeah, those are the characters we're following now. So they're blocking the way to my to my office, basically. Like, not just your office. The whole back administrative offices, where like all of the not museumy stuff is. I think uh, parents gonna just like stop dead, and like the others are probably crash into into them a little bit. Um, um, uh, maybe a change of plan, um, unless I mean, can you do 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 you kill what? guards? I mean, I don't know what it, uh, what it is you do. Uh, do you think? No, probably not. Uh, a good idea. Are you not allowed in your own office? Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure I am, but uh, I don't know if they'll let you. I mean, I'm happy to put on my high society voice and pretend to be, you know, a, an, an interested um, prospect to to looking at all this stuff. But I don't know if they're going to buy it, especially with security being so tight tonight. Yes, uh, I mean, if it was Gary, uh, we could probably... Oh, uh, yeah, where is Gary? Yeah, he's, uh, he's in the archives at the moment. Uh, apparently, last day, he got fired. What? G Gary gets fired? Possible violent Sorry, acts. who are you? Oh, oh, Dwight Hartaker. Nice to meet you. I'm uh, here oh, to write uh, about uh, uh, the thing that uh, Mr. Flavor plans on stealing. I would love for us to not talk about stealing things out in public. Uh, could you tell me more about this Gary fellow? His height, his build, what he... Uh, 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 average mm -hmm. looking mm -hmm. chap. He's uh, got a great mustache. Okay, great mustache. Oh, uh, yes, right. yes, this is pretty good. Um, uh, his wife makes very good, uh, okay. honey buns. Wife makes um, amazing honey buns. Interesting. Uh, outfit. Just what the, what the guards usually wear around here. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit scruffier. He's had it a long time. Okay, okay. Uh, All right. The, yep. Yeah, this should work. This should work. And he uh, tears the page out that he just wrote about Gary out. Um, and then he just rubs it across his face. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then at, after he rubs it across his face, you see Gary looking at you as he casts Disguise Self. That's amazing. What? I love the it. Gary is going on here. Gary? The whole t No, it's still me, Heart Taker. Uh, so yeah, now I, I think we have a way in. You said this is his last day, but he still works here. Uh, yeah, good, good point. Um, uh, Alright, uh, uh, what about Flanagan? Oh, you mean Lord Gendreton. <laughs> I guess I guess we're escorting <laughs> Lord. I've come from out in the field, and I'm here to see one of your works, Perrin. Uh, Perrin's gonna 
very nervously, uh, not you know, trying not to look nervous, uh, but sweating, <laughs> approach the the two guards. Uh, uh, hello, uh, I just my office is through there, and um, and uh, I got Gary. Oh, hello you there, Gary. Um, I have a. Uh, uh, this Lord Garing Garrington. Yes, um, quite. It was to see my my work. Uh, interested in um, uh, doing for his dog. Yes, my dog, who I just got done um, out in the fields finding, putting him down. Now I want to preserve him forever. <laughs> Emotional um, thing. I'm quite sad about it. Yes. Now that you mentioned it, I am quite sad about it. Noblemen are weird, right? Yeah. Uh, Emily, give me a deception check with advantage. <laughs> Actually, I'll say either of you can do it. Uh, either Emily or Tyler. Uh, ooh, 24 on, on deck. Oh, Let's sweet. go, Garrington. You see animosity in these working class soldiers' eyes as they're like, another noble person just walking in and telling us how to do our jobs, even though they're not our boss. We just got to listen. Hey, yo, yo, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, yeah, here you go. <laughs> and they uh, push open the door, and you make your way down uh, the hallway of the administrative offices. These halls are not particularly nice. They are old, though. As mentioned earlier, this building is built atop some of the oldest stonework in Astilla. A good deal of the foundation of this museum is old empire ruins. But you know this area well, MacArthur. You walk this hall almost every day. In fact, it's one of the only places you've been allowed to be in the museum over the past month as the rest of it has been sequestered. What would you like to do? Uh, I think first, uh, if we go into my office, let's discuss details. Let's discuss next steps, I think. Uh, what What does your office look like? Parent's office, uh, I imagine... A little bit disheveled. There'll be papers and bits and bits of animal and jars of things sort of like on a big wall, like a lot of shelves with sort of, um, you know, the formaldehyde sort of uh, jars of stuff. The second you step in, that wall of s mm -hmm. the smell oh. of, of... Oh, God. It just, poof, hits you. <laughs> um, and it's just, you feel itchy. When you're when you're in there, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. People just generally try to avoid Perrin's office, and if you were to look closely enough, or you have, uh, you can kind of sometimes see the papers and the books just kind of moving a little bit. Sometimes, like something is moving underneath them or between them. It's just a very strange place. Uh, sometimes there'll be a display case or something they're working on. Come in, uh, uh, let me. Uh, uh, and they kind of push a load of papers and books off of a couple of chairs and uh, make space. Uh... Oh, you got a nice place. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't like coming in this office. <laughs> oh, it's on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you get used to, to that. Um... No, you don't. I wasn't going to say anything, but that's why you smell <laughs> like that. Okay. <laughs> oh, do I? Yep. It, it kind of oh, shows I, up I before just, you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So hey, now, now we can now we can talk about stealing something. <laughs> We're here to steal something, right? Um, 
Now, uh, Vicky didn't necessarily tell me what we were here to steal. She said that you'd be able to help us out with that, Perrin. Yes, uh, she she said the uh, the the scepter of the forgotten. Uh, it's uh, very old and very important. Why? Why is it important? Because it's been forgotten. If any of you want to roll a history check to see if you have any idea of what this scepter is. <gasps> Let's do it. It's going to be a 10. Oh, I got an 8. So I got an 8, a 10, and what did you get, Craig? Uh, 15. The Empire, in its current state, in many ways, is built upon fragments of the old Empire. A time when magic, the gods, the spirits were all much more tangible and present and interwoven in the world. This scepter, the scepter of the forgotten, legend says that it was to be wielded as a prism through which the god's power could be pushed out into the world. A conduit. And that those who wielded it wielded the power of whatever god that scepter was of. And it is called the Scepter of the Forgotten because it is unknown what force of nature, magic, divinity this scepter once was affixed to. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of this stuff is just legend. It might not be true. It might also have just been a scepter that a king wielded a long time ago and did not have any magic. History is a little bit muddled there. But all of the relics, all of the objects that are in the new exhibit and the new wing are objects like this. Objects that are tied to the old empire, to the old magic of this place. Again, mostly through legend and myth. This new vision of the museum is not necessarily one of fact, but one of glory and pride. So if it makes sense for them to tell a story, to have an object that might in a myth, have allowed you to summon a demon that you could ride and be the king of the demons because it would sound cool, they might say that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually true. And this scepter is the only of these scepters left. Now, it's not exactly a powerful object anymore, especially considering that as we players and the audience know, the gods of this universe are mostly gone. So there is not necessarily something to focus that power through, even if it is actually what the stories say, but it is a symbol of not just power, but of domination. Right. Okay. So plan on stealing. The, I, I explain all that to um, my <laughs> colleagues and then you hear him yeah. writing. What is the reason for this incredible item? Why does Mr. Flavor keep calling Rat Lazaroff Vicky? It's not flavor. It's favor. Hmm? It's Mr. Favor. You hear from the hallway footsteps. And through the glass door of your office, which is which is like warped glass, so you can't exactly see. You can kind of just see like speckled silhouette, like frosted glass. You see the silhouette of a figure walking past and then stopping in front of your office. 
for just a second and then moving on. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Is there anything that we can do to figure out who that was? The the silhouette in the window or the sound of their footsteps was would there be anything that gives them away? Can I do a perception or an investigation on like just the the skinniness or the tallness or I'll say I'll say both of you can and both of you can with advantage. The white's just going to keep writing. Nat 20 for 25. Uh I got a 20 total. <laughs> nice. As the figure starts to walk away, you hear a little like, <clears throat> and you're like, wait a minute. I know who that is. And without even thinking about it, Perrin, you walk to the door, crack it open, peek, and who is it walking down the hall but good old Gary? Hey. Looks like he grabbed a plate of food from outside and is shuffling his way back to, uh, back to watch the archives. <laughs> oh, hello there. Hello there, Professor. I thought I heard you in your office, but, uh, I figured you'd be up there. They're going to be opening up the rest of the museum for people to walk around soon to prepare for the big wing opening in an hour or so. I figured you'd be up there, but I thought maybe there was someone stealing in your office. And then I thought, if there was, I would rather eat my sandwich. (laughs) Respect. You understand. The beans would take care of anything too much troublesome, exactly. right? No one's ever stolen in my office anyway. They open the door and they quickly leave again. It's, you know, there's nothing really worth it. No one wants my stuff. I did try to get you a plate of things. I did, I, I, but, you know, they wouldn't stop. They would. I tried to grab, and I'm really sorry. I, I did say I'd bring you some snacks. Wait, uh, why does that guy look like me? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> he starts rubbing his eyes. I start rubbing my eyes. What's in this drink? <laughs> I start looking at a drink that's not there. Flanagan? Oh my goodness, what are you doing here? I didn't think they'd let you come for the grand opening. Oh, uh, well, you know, I, I have my way of getting in. Uh, oh, wait, I would have brought more honey rolls today. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just repeating everything he's doing, like I'm his reflection. <laughs> is is that something to be concerned with? Is uh, what? No, no, no. It's a part of the. It's a part of the opening. That's actually why I'm here. I'm I'm helping out with with this. I'm I'm gonna. We're doing a whole thing on the people who have worked here. It's it's a whole thing. It's gonna be a surprise. I'm sorry you already saw it. To be honest. Wait a minute. They're, they're doing something on me. Well, they wanted to honor you before you took off. Again, it's a surprise. So please don't say anything to anybody, and maybe <laughs> you know, shh, keep it quiet. Will somebody come to the archives and get me when it's time so i can watch of course we will gary i'm not gonna forget about you my guy don't worry about um well uh (laughs) i suppose uh have fun preparing i'll just be down the hall if you if you need anything uh good luck with your whatever that is and then before he goes he kind of does like a little head tilt I thought nobody cared about me. It's so sweet. And he oh. starts wandering down the hall, and you can hear him start munching on the little fancy sandwiches as he makes his way down to the archives. You know, at first I was doing that for a bit, but now I feel a lot better. We've got an hour before they reveal the new wing, um, and they're about to let other people back into the rest of the museum, so we probably need to move um, pretty quick here, right? I agree. Sounds good. I'm assuming that I w- uh, Perrin would know where that particular exhibit would be in the museum. You would. Perrin is familiar with the layout of the museum before the reconstruction. As mentioned before, they've been cut off. 
from quite a lot of the museum. And you haven't actually been in the uh, natural history wing probably for like a week or so as the week leading up to the gala, everything was just shut down. So you would, you would know how to get to basically the underside of any of the wings through the catacombs, which you can get to through the, uh, through the administrative offices, which is like basically the sewers under the building. Or you would also know how to get to it through just the regular museum if you wanted to go back up into the main area and sort of wander through the different wings of the museum to get there you could do it that way as well the, the museum right we're just gonna walk over there and grab the scepter and get out of here we don't want to get dirty and gross yeah i'd 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 like to not be dirty and gross and i am not very flexible all right uh, i will uh, take us the way that i know through the through the museum to the uh the scepter. Yes. Um. As you're having this conversation, you hear more footsteps going down the hall. Gary? Gary? Oh, Gary's coming back. And you see another person walking by. And when you say Gary, the silhouette stops for a second and turns and faces you through the foggy glass and doesn't move. Mm. Gary, is that, uh, did you forget? Do you still have Gary's face on? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay. I think that you would be best to open the door then. You see the silhouette slowly sink. That's creeping me out. What? Who's closest to the door? Uh, I was about to yeah. open it until I saw that. <laughs> then I just lock it. <laughs> is, there, is there space, be- uh, like, but door to floor? There is. Peek at it? Okay, I'm 100% sticking my, my eyeball down there to go look. Oh, my God. You slowly reach down. Can you make a uh, investigation check for me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the creepiest fucking thing. Oh, no. Four plus six, ten. You put your head down for a second, trying to find that beam of light that pushes under the door. And then something hits the ground hard and you are staring back at another eye. Oh, my God. You pull back and you hear a sound like like almost like water pouring like dripping like like somebody slowly pouring a watering can for a second and then that sound fades yeah i'm like scooting all the way back to like their desk or something what did you see should i should i open it (laughs) it uh was looking at me i was looking at it and then did you guys hear that did you hear that the 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 noise the sound noise did somebody have an accident I checked myself. <laughs> I also checked myself. I think Perrin will check themselves as well. <laughs> Am I opening this door? Wait, 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 wait. Can I? Can I send a bean under the door? Sure. Okay, um All right, beans, it's uh time to shine. And 
Perrin's going to open the little pouch that's kind of squirming happily on on their side. If you were to look in the pouch, you would see, um, you know, when you see those videos of those spiders where it looks like a clump of hair. Oh, okay. That's okay. We are no longer afraid of the thing outside. Yeah, uh, I think whatever <laughs> Perrin is carrying is now the the BBEG. <laughs> What the heck? I think Dwight and I both moved to the other side of the yes. room. Like we're stuck in this corner between the door and Baron. You almost knock over like a big ancient tooth. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> um, and they're going to hold out their hand and out of the pouch, out of this kind of mangle of black things that's in there, will crawl uh, a little black beetle. Uh, that looks almost like a scarab beetle just kind of climbs out and onto their onto their hand. Uh, could, uh, I don't suppose you could uh, just, just just tell me what's on the. Is there anything on the other side? You know what to do. Go on up here. Um, put it on the on the floor, and it's gonna <sighs> scuttle kind of under the door to see if there's something there. <laughs> you watch as the beetle disappears under the light of the door for a second two seconds and then it scuttles back and you can see that it has in its front mandibles there's like a substance some like a goo or something that it looks like it has picked up some of mm. and you reach down and it climbs up onto your finger and it has a beaded little orb of liquid that it holds up to you. What color is the liquid? It's like pale brown, almost amber. Oh, okay. Um, do I recognize it at all, or just looking at it? No. Hmm. Perrin's gonna very delicately take the the dewdrop of liquid and just sort of squish it between their fingers and just see if it's like sticky or. It's sticky and quickly turns just into like goo in your fingers. It it, it loses it's it, it has very little tensile strength. And it smells kind of nice. Dwight's just writing all this down. Nice? Yeah, like it has like a <laughs> like a sweet almost forest fragrance to it. Perrin's just gonna uh, <laughs> lick it, lick their fingers. What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I'm gonna die. It's, it's it's basically maple syrup. Yeah, this is rather nice. Um, uh, would you would you like some? Uh, hold their finger like out. Slaps their hand. The, the, the <laughs> this is weird, right? This is weird. This is syrup. Is there is there just a pile of syrup on the other side of this door? Syrup person. Spooks Mr. Flavor into belief. Oh, I'm sorry. Favor? Favor? Okay. Okay. I think it, it, I think that means it must be pretty safe. Um, someone must have spilled some syrup. That must have been the noise. Yeah, I guess. And, and, the, and the figure, the, the way that they just descended, that, that doesn't seem. I'm going to go and open the door. Oh, gosh. Do it. Slowly pulling open the door, peeking first. You don't see anyone in the hall. 
in either direction, and you look down, and you see spot marked down the hall, almost like footprints, these little puddles of this light brown amber liquid. And it looks like they continue down the hall towards the direction of the other administrative offices, the catacombs, and the archives. So it's not in the direction we would be going in if we were just going up in the museum. Of course. Obviously, it goes the other way. Um, yeah, I'm going to put my finger in one of them and taste it. I'm going to taste the, the floor goop. What the... You stick your finger in the floor goop. Give it a taste. What is that? It tastes like it tastes like nice syrup, man. It has a there's almost a floweriness to it. Is there a connection that I could make from this floor goop to Gary's honey buns? Oh. Oh, good question. Make a history check. Ooh. Oh, you gotta be shitting me. One plus two. Nice. Oh, no. The surrealness of this moment does not go over your head. Mm. And as you start to try to enter into that analytical mind, that place that you often go to when there is a problem that needs solving, or if there is just an uncertainty compels you for the briefest moment you are jostled out of it Mm. and a weird thought comes into your head just the tiniest in this place that it's almost like when you're driving and you have that feeling like I could turn the car off a cliff I shouldn't but I could an intrusive thought an intrusive thought and that intrusive thought is what did my last nightmare feel like? Oh, I don't like it. And did I know that I was having a nightmare? Oh. Mm-mm. Do we need to start pinching ourselves just to see if we're like awake? Is this does this smell like the real world? It smells real, looks real. It's just an unusual situation. You can touch the ground, you can see the walls, you can turn and see these other people looking at you, waiting for a confirmation about something that you don't know what it is. Gary waves at you. <laughs> Guys, um, I don't, um, <clears throat> this is weird, right? People don't turn to syrup and walk off, right? Like, I'm not going crazy. No, but it is story-worthy. And Dwight keeps <laughs> writing down. <sighs> yeah, it seems like something out of a storybook. I mean, unless Gary just walked back through here with a bunch of syrup on his foot or something. There was an eyeball. There was an eyeball underneath that door. I, I, uh, maybe it fell out of a, a jar or something. But it's not there anymore. Uh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's, we really I'm not here for that. Anyway, do we really? Weird stuff can happen at the at the museum. That's fine. The, the guards can take care of that. I'm here to get laid, to be honest. So let's just focus oh, on that. Okay. Let's all just focus on that, <laughs> shall we? Uh, 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 right. 
Right, um, to the to the scepter and away from the footsteps. I think is a good a absolutely. Uh, idea. Let's let's, uh, let's get out of here. So if we follow the steps, though, that that would eventually lead us down to the crypts or the archives, and then we could get to to the scepter as as a round. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, y'all y'all lead the way through the through the syrup. We'll see what happens. All right, let's follow the syrup. Oh God, I was joking. I was joking. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do oh. it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's follow the quickest uh, one shot. <laughs> uh, the yellow brick road. <laughs> We're gonna be dead in two seconds. All right, you decide to follow the strange puddles of syrup. The way that the administrative office hall is set up is it is a long, straight corridor that ends in a T. Along that corridor are several other offices and supply rooms. Um, the archive is almost the entirety of one of those rooms, and the door to it is on the far end. So you can see the door to the archives just before the T turn. Beyond that, you can see the hall continues, and there is turns. There are turns to the right or to the left. The turn to the left leads to what are essentially the vaults, the storage. The turn to the right leads to the basement and the catacombs. And as you walk down the hall, those syrupy puddles disappear and stop at the closed door. To the archive. Yeah, that's what that's where Gary is. That's where the the honey. <gasps> oh, I guess Gary uh, uh, got extra hungry and uh, took some more uh, snacks in 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 there. Oh, good for Gary. Uh, let's keep going. The white scribbling. <laughs> the door to the archive. It has a similar frosted glass, so you can kind of see into it as you walk past. The light is on in it, and you can see the silhouette of Gary sitting, and it looks like he is, like, reading something. He's a little bit slumped over. No. He doesn't look up as you guys walk past. I'm so sorry. I have I have to look. No, I know. I know. I was about to say, I was like... Go, do you think, do you think, do you think? I'm going to peek in stealthily style. All right, give me a stealth check. 12 plus 8, 20. Nice. You creak the door open, silent as a mouse. And you peek in, and you see, clear as day, Gary, looking down. And it looks like he's holding something in his hands. You can't really see what it is, but they're cupping something. It's not a book. Smaller than a book. In the same way that you might cup, like, a baby bird that you picked up off the ground. And he's sort of slumped over. His chin is down, and he's, like, rocking it faintly. He's moving. Very, very faintly, he's rocking back and forth, and it looks like he's looking down at this thing that he's holding. I'm going to sneak up behind him and look over his shoulder at what it is. You see four teeth. And he's just rocking, the, rocking these teeth like babies? He does not seem to have noticed you. Okay, I'm in a situation. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I got myself into the situation. Like, if I look to my left, will I see you guys at the door? Yeah. I'm probably peeking in, yeah. 
I like look at Perrin and I I start pointing to my teeth like and I point to an open hand like pointing at at my hand and then at him and then my teeth and I'm doing all of this just I'm just like I don't know what to do. I think uh smile. Okay, he's yes, happy. Yes, he's happy. Good. Something something uh, joyous yes, is happening. I think, I think, awesome. I think he's happy. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we should just walk in, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It's just gonna be like, yep. okay, great. He's happy. Okay, good. Hello, Gary. When you say hello, Gary, his head jerks up to you very quickly. I didn't didn't mean to startle you. His eyes are just missing. No. <gasps> and his mouth slowly opens. And you can see where his canines were very slowly, almost like bamboo or blades of grass. You see four teeth, fangs slowly push out of that empty space and bleeding down his chest, not blood, but this brown... Sugary ichor. <laughs> and he still has not noticed you, Flanagan, but he starts to stand up. I need everyone to roll initiative. <laughs> oh, shit. Perrin, what did you get for your initiative? 16. Dwight, what did you get? Uh, Natural one for a three. And Flanagan, what did you get? 15. You see Gary's body jerk up. And when I say Gary's body, I say that with intention. Because it is almost as if there is a smaller person inside of a Gary suit that is controlling him. Eyes on Perrin. He is going to hurl his body forward over his desk towards you. Real quick. Yes. Uh, opportunity attack if he leaves. Oh, please. Yes. Ooh. Uh, 12 plus 6 is 18. 18 hits. Uh, oh, shit. So that is 12, 15 points of damage. Nice. 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 Big chunker. As his body leaps forward, you grab your dagger, stab into his side, and run it down his side as his body moves forward. I'm so sorry, Gary. And it is like you are cutting the suit off of a Disney person in their costume. There is this layer that just goes soft. Oh. <laughs> oh. Not okay. And as the blade comes out, it is covered in that syrup. He doesn't respond. Oh. Shows no physical representation of pain or anything. And animalistically leaping forward, those front fangs extending to the point where you can see his jaw like splitting and teeth on either side break. Uh, and he is going to try to bite into your shoulder, Perrin. Please no. That's pretty good. I got a 19. Yeah, that, that definitely hits, yeah. Perrin, you take four piercing damage as these strange teeth bite into you. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. I'm going to get turned into a jelly monster. No. I got 15. 
You take three necrotic damage. Part of your neck, like, throbs. Gary, no! Gary, no! All of this time, he is just silent. Perrin, it is your turn. Yeah. Is Gary still attached to me? Yes. Perrin is going to squeal um, and push them off if they're able to and sort of, like, back up. And gonna send out the sw- my 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 beans um so the pouch is gonna just like start squirming and sw- like sproiling and then just they're gonna pour out of the pouch and just some flying and some just like swarming across the ground and just gonna try and get like push him away from me um if mm-hmm. possible uh, so gary needs to make a strength saving throw to see if i can push that is very bad. Uh, that is a five. Yep. So the swarm push him away from me. As the beetles shove him back five feet, his body slams against the desk again, and most of his Gary form bends back as if it is loose upon these oh my rigid no. hinges, and you can see part of his face starting to like stretch and almost like break against this inner core that is now driving him next is flanagan's turn so i'm going to use insightful fighting um i'm going to make an insight check against its deception check um and if i succeed then i get to use sneak attack against it even if i don't have advantage okay give me that insight check (laughs) seven well it got a four (laughs) and it has a plus one so it got a five sweet I'm going to run up and just dagger it in the back. That is 17 plus 6. Okay, that'll hit. Yeah. So I'm attacking with sneak attack. Uh, 5, 2 is 7, plus 3 is 10. Scanning this creature, this once Gary, you notice that it is somewhat cumbersome, and you find a weakness there that you can continue to exploit. Dwight, it is your turn. Uh, Dwight, just watching all of this transpire, uh, takes out his book and gets to writing. Uh, (laughs) He's just furiously writing. The studious parent sends out their powerful beans to stagger the hideous, grotesque, imposter puppet Gary. And he's going to cast Vicious Mockery on the the fake Gary and uh, Healing Word on, on Parent. All right. As the spell just like the words leap off the page and go straight to their targets. Gary got a three on his wisdom saving throw. Okay. So that is going to be one point of psychic damage, and he has disadvantage on his next attack. And then for the heal, much better. That's going to be seven points of healing for Perrin. Oh, thank you. That's right. You guys are doing great. <laughs> just turns the page. <laughs> licks, his, licks his finger. <laughs> Gary's body, if mangled before, looks very mangled. Parts of him are hanging off of him, like wet rags hanging from a clothesline. And turning towards you, Dwight, huh. it shifts its focus and lunges at you. It didn't like the psychic damage. And as it does, two things happen. One, you notice that parts of those seams in its face along its body where it's been stabbed 
are starting to slowly mend. Sort of like re-zipping, turning into these little tendrils that tie back together. Come on, man! (laughs) The other thing is that that feeling you felt outside when you spotted Flanagan, that something was pulling you towards something, you feel that now, too. Mm. And that feeling, it almost is like consume in a weird way. It's like a thing that you feel like I shouldn't do this and I'm not going to, but I feel like it in the back of my head. Consume. And then Gary is going to take a bite attack at you. That's a natural 20. At disadvantage. Oh, then that's good. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. That's really good because he rolled a natural 20 and then he rolled an 11. Oh, okay. 11 just barely misses. <laughs> it tries to bite at you, but is pushed back by your otherworldly words. No, no. Gary, it's me, Gary. Stop. <laughs> Perrin, it's your turn. Perrin uh, is going to pull out um, on the other side of their, of their belt is a, a pipe. Uh, it's like a blowpipe. And they're going to quickly load it with a dart and I don't know if 12 will hit though uh, 12 does hit yes oh thank god amazing um that's 10 damage so as I blow the Perrin blows the pipe uh, and the dart into the the ex Gary um the beetles are kind of chewing away bits of him at the same time and as they do the form that is lunging towards you trips over itself, collapses on the ground, crumples in like it is made of paper more than of person, and just sits motionless on the ground, the beetles eating away at the amber liquid pooling around it. Perrin, before your turn ends, this creature is down, Mm -hmm. but you can already see those tiny wounds slowly starting to mend themselves along its twisted corpse. And Perrin's just gonna uh, back it towards the door. Flanagan. I'm gonna throw both of my daggers then. One with one hand and then, you know, offhand the second one. Your daggers stab into the remains of Gary both with wet thick thuds as they pierce what's left of him. Did we ever say I got up on his desk? Because I feel like that's a thing that happened, but I don't know if that is. You can right now. Yeah, up on the on the desk, and I pull out my short sword, preparing for the next round. Shit, Flanagan's a badass. Dang. Flanagan, you can see the impact marks of your daggers, the handle sticking out of them, and you can see that flesh slowly starting to heal around the daggers. Oh, my goodness. Dwight, it's your turn. Uh, can I do... Can I do, like, an investigation or something to figure out, like, anything about... Because we see it, like, blobbing right now and turn it, like, reforming itself. Give me an investigation or an insight check. Okay. Dirty 20. Whatever this thing is seems to have very little intelligence to it, if any. That thought that you had, that feeling of consume, did not come from this creature. It came from something else. Mm, There's something else. 
Maybe it was just the back of your mind. Maybe it was nothing at all. All right, I am going to... Yeah, why not? Because it's a move that I really want to do. I'm going to stab it. <laughs> what are you stabbing it with? Uh, just a dagger. But is that a nine to hit? A nine in this state hits. The dagger stabs into its body. I'm going to use an inspiration to roll an extra um, D6, 2D6 of psychic damage. But I want to, like, is there a way that I can take that feeling from previously and, like, use it as, like, a psychic network to figure out what that leads to? Good or bad? <laughs> Roll me a wisdom saving throw. Yes! <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, Craig. We're, we're here for this spooky shit, right? That's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> As you stab into this form, you feel this psychic energy surging through you. Now, we have not discussed where this power comes from, but it is a strange thing. It is not a thing that all people can do. And you know that. And you have pushed this power before, but you have never really questioned where it has come from. And in that moment, where you focus that feeling, all three of you watch as the remains of Gary harden and calcify. It seems whatever growing was happening fades. Dwight, you regain a use of your bardic inspiration die. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And that felt good. Sitting in the back of your mind, a new idea sprouts. Just the beginning of an idea. What else can you consume? No... So I've got, I'm on the desk. I've got my short sword like up, like I'm ready to like try and decapitate this guy if, if he had moved. As soon as I see that the situation is over, um, Flanagan just, (gasps) (laughs) what what was that? What was that? What you guys, what was that? Uh, uh, I, 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 did you? Uh, um, oh, oh my gosh! Are you okay? Ow! Uh, is uh, uh yes. Um, uh, you did some uh, uh, very nice words. I feel a bit better, but that was that was strange. Um, Dwight, Dwight, are you all right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he pulls the dagger out. That would be uh. First degree murder is is, is what what uh, that is, and he drops the dagger. No, 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 no! Come, come on, come, come on now! Uh, uh, Self defense. Okay, I mean, we're, I'm a thief. Okay, I steal stuff. I don't murder people. I, it was self defense. It was self defense, right? It was just self defense. Self defense. I, I witness. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll stand trial for you again. Um, real quick, as he pulls his sword out, his dagger out. I want to see, is there any liquid substance on the dagger? Investigation check. Uh, 14 plus 6, 20. It's odd. This creature beforehand was oozing this stuff. 
It was just like seeping out of the seams. You feel like this, 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 this syrup should be everywhere. Mm-hmm. You pull it out. Your blade is bone dry. Um, but with you got over a twenty, right? I got twenty directly. With a twenty, you're you're sort of like, huh? And you like step back for a second, and you notice one of the archive shelves is just off its axis a little bit. Hey guys, I uh, I think I found something over here. Oh man, this this story, this story right here. Let me tell you, let me tell you, this this is what I've been looking for. This is exactly what we need. You need to make sure you write down in there that this guy was a already dead and number two attacked us first. <laughs> Meanwhile, all of the little uh, uh, scarabs and things are kind of climbing up um, Perrin's legs and sort of like just kind of nestling back in the in the pouch. Um, I'm gonna go over and and try and move the archive shelf. You pull the archive shelf back a little bit, and behind it, probably some forgotten element of the old building is an old well. Looks like it was boarded up a long time ago, and it looks like someone or something has smashed through that wall and has exposed this deep circular chamber of stone going down into the catacombs. You spot aspects of that residue on the bits of broken wood and the stonework. Perrin, where does that go? Would would Perrin know where that, that leads? This is not a well that is on any of your um, notes about this place. You did not know that this was here. Oh, it's old. The archives and the administrative offices have not really been messed with, so they're one of the only parts of the museum that has been preserved because they don't really care about that. They just want the front and the big stuff to look nice. The catacombs, maybe, but you did not know that this was here. Uh, I've been working here many years, and I don't know anything about uh, the this. Yeah, I've been I've been breaking it. I, I've been visiting this place for a while, and um, writes that down. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, my only guess is this place is this little thing is going to the sewers. But why would they cover it up? This claustrophobic shit. Uh, could I take a, a bit of the wall that's broken and kind of throw it in and see how long it takes to like plop into the water at the bottom? Oh, let me let me see that real quick, and I will cast light on that rock. What the hell? How'd you do that? It starts to glow and you toss it down. And you watch it fall. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet. Before you hear a wet thud. (sighs) As it lands, not in deep water, but very shallow water and muck. Below. Ew. This is not the catacombs that this leads to. The catacombs is not that far down. Look, I, you know what? Here's my proposition. Okay. We, we get this job done. We, we go steal the scepter tomorrow after I've had a good night of not rest. <laughs> then we come back to this and explore it down there. And maybe, Dwight, we can get another story and, and we can, you know, figure out. What's going on below the museum? 
good, and you can do that without me. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, P- uh, Perrin can let us in or something. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll yes, clearly all that will happen and no one will discover the body of poor Gary. All right, let's go get this scepter. Uh, before before we go, um, could I could I ask a favor of you, Dwight? Yeah, sure. What 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 is it, Perrin? Could you take off the Gary face? Oh, yes. <laughs> that's probably very traumatizing right now. I'll, I shall do so. <laughs> he takes another page out of his book, wipes his face. And you see the uh, mahogany skinned tiefling in front of you. Uh, I think I'm going to lead them to where the catacombs actually go out. Yeah, because we definitely feel safe going through there after that. You wander down the hallway. Uh, as I mentioned before, on the left goes to storage, on the right goes to the catacombs. Uh, you're leading the way? I know the way through the catacombs, right? Yes. I'm not going to make them go forward. Flanagan, roll initiative. <laughs> he says Excuse so me? Casually. <laughs> hey, real quick, can you just go ahead and roll me initiative? 14 plus 4, that's 18. You guys get to the T. With Flanagan in front. To the right is the catacombs. To the left is storage. You step, start to turn to go to the right, and out of the corner of your eye, standing in front of the door to the storage area, which also has like a garage connected to it for like large deliveries and stuff, you see two people, military soldiers, guarding that door to storage, looking down the hall to the catacombs. These are not people that are normally here. Dang it. And you pull back really quickly. Yeah. They rolled lower than you, so you just got to do that before they notice you. Throw my arm out, and I'm like... Uh, Dwight, Dwight put, writes a question mark on his book, puts it to, towards Flanagan, and then hands him the pen so you can write <laughs> what you saw. Yeah. Um, I start writing out... Uh, or I just start drawing two big guys. <laughs> and I hold it up, and I point towards... And they're stick figures, by the way. They, uh, and I just, Amazing. And okay. then I point towards the direction that they're at. I have thaumaturgy, and I can make the storage door, like, rattle. Maybe that'll be enough of a distraction, then we can sneak by. I have this feat... As a as the 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 thing that I am, I for detail, you can use a bonus action to make a perception check to spot a hidden creature or object, or to make an investigation check to unclue or uncover or decipher clues. And I make an investigation check just to see if there's anything else that we can use to help us. I would even say if it's a bonus action, you could like dip your head down and like look up and down the hall really quick. I think this feature is the difference between you being able to do it and them spotting you, and you being able to do it, and them not spotting you. Cool. All right. So I'm doing an investigation check. Uh, it's 10 plus 6, so 16. The soldiers, you notice that they're not just leaning up against the wall. They're almost like slumped up against the wall. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so glad you fucking did that check. That's ridiculous. Guys, uh... I hate to tell you this, but um, I think we might have a couple of sweet gods over here. Oh, no. I mean, we could still rattle the door and hopefully distract. Or we just put out the the candle, the the torches, right? Because if if they're the same creatures 
they're not going to react to darkness the way a human would. If they're the same creatures, they're only going to react if they see us. Yeah, because Gary didn't have eyes. They, they specifically reacted to parents saying, hi. <laughs> That's true, because you stealth past them. Oh, so sound. We could, we could definitely, <laughs> I could definitely give it a try. So you're going to use thaumaturgy to shake the door as you guys try to sneak past? Yes. The one that they're near. So they're looking at that, or they, just, they notice that, and then we just tiptoe by. You reach down the hall, pull that spark of otherworldly magic to yourself, and the door starts to rattle back and forth. As it does, both of the forms kind of jerk to the door and start slamming into it. Mashing, almost as if they're trying to bite it, but they have helmets on, and they're just, like, smashing their heads. Oh, my God. All of you get uh, advantage on your stealth checks to try to sneak down. We gotta go. We gotta go. Oh, God. Uh, 18. 17, then, thank Christ. 21. Oh! Got a natural 19. Oh, shit! You dive past and start running down the hall quietly and almost trip over yourself as you make it to that cobblestone old stairway and slowly start making your way down the catacombs underneath the museum are sprawling and old there are key passageways that have been maintained so that the staff of the museum can use them as thoroughfares to quickly get between places in the museum unseen or if they need to move any unusually large objects that might not fit through certain gallery doors, etc. But there are countless offshoots, hallways, some of them crumbled, some of them quite ornate looking that sort of twist and turn and sprawl out almost like roots into the area around the museum in Altair. And many of them do connect to the slightly more modern Altair sewer system as well. It is easy to get lost if you stray from that main path. Well, uh, it's, um, are you ready, chaps? Uh, is this way? Parents is going to head in the direction of uh, the wing that we need to go to. I need everybody to make a charisma saving throw. Oh, dang. A whole eight. A whole nine. A whole ten? No way! Really? Everyone failed? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rolled a four. And all of a sudden, all at once, the three of you notice the corridor is different. Many of the crumbling hallways leading off into darkness no longer look like they are crumbling. The air no longer smells of mold and old wet dirt. And you see stepping around the corner a figure. An old looking man wearing unusual vestments 
He has a single large candle on a staff that he is using as a walking stick. And he sees you all confused for a second. And in old imperial, he says, Are you lost? you've enjoyed your first little taste of blight at the museum if you did and you're still hungry for more spooky shenanigans then you need to get to our patreon that's right patreon.com forward slash unbalanced encounters and there are another two delicious episodes waiting for you and the good news is they are available on every patreon tier that we have but if you're still unsure or you just want to give us a try We're actually doing seven-day free trials for any of those tiers too. So you could technically listen to all of them in a week and not pay a thing. And hey, you might decide to stick around and become a patron full-time, and that's amazing. But if you can't or you don't want to, that's okay too. We're just glad you like the show. So if you want to know how this story ends, you know what to do. Head to patreon.com forward slash unbalanced encounters or head to our website www.unbalancedencounters.com and all the links are there for you. Now go on, off you go, and I'll see you on the next episode.